Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Adam, do you like trains? Uh, yeah, trains are all right. Do you like murder? Uh, We're talking about The Last Express, which initially came out for the PC and Mac OS, and now apparently it's available on iOS and Android, which I found kind of shocking. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the sort of game, it's not an action game, so it shouldn't be a problem. Go nuts, get it on whatever works for you, but Jesus, don't play this on your phone. Play it on a big screen, it's worth looking at. It was published by Smoking Car Productions, which was one of these companies that was created for the game and then went away. This okay. is Jordan Mechner. He's the guy who did the original Prince of Persia, like the okay. original 2D game back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he wanted to get into more cinematic type games. Ooh, he and sure so, did that. Oh, yeah. And so he went to Broderbund, and they're not around anymore. Um, they're a publisher from the 80s, uh, but they published Prince of Persia. And Interplay got involved somehow. These days you can get it on Steam and GOG. It's called The Last Express. I think it's called Gold Edition. Yeah. And it comes with the making of, which came on the original one of the original CDs, which is super interesting. I'm not sure if it comes with the soundtrack, which I bought on CD. It's one of my favorite soundtracks. It's all violin music. And this game, it's an adventure game, first person, though I don't barf because it's like Mist. It's pictures only. Yeah. You know, you're not actually moving down the hallway. You're looking at pictures taken along the way. And it takes place on the last run of the Orient Express before the outbreak of the First World War. For those who don't know, the Orient Express was and is, again, a, a train that starts in Calais and goes all the way to modern-day Istanbul. Most people know it from Murder on the Orient Express by Agatha Christie. And this also is a murder mystery. The neat thing about this game well, two things. First off, they filmed it. All of these characters are, are filmed in what is called rotoscope. Uh, so if you've ever seen what's called Through a Scanner Darkly, I think that's the name of the movies. No, I'm not um, familiar. Oh, it's a, it was a Philip K. Dick novel about a drug, and I think it was rotoscoped as well. Essentially, okay. when, you, when you rotoscope, uh, like, you, you, you do their makeup in extremes. So their eyebrows are super black and super thick eyeliner and all that sort of stuff. Because when the because you you put them through a, a process once you film them so they come out looking hand drawn, mm -hmm. and so that's what these guys look like. But they also found an actual time appropriate sleeping car from the Orient Express sitting in a train yard in like Romania. Oh wow! And they took thousands upon thousands of photographs and they rebuilt as best they could the entire Orient Express train, huh. the sleeping cars, the dining cars, all of it. It's super cool. And the story is simple. You play this American who has been called by his friend to join him on the Orient Express because he's hot on the heels of something. And you get onto the train just after it leaves Paris in a ridiculous way. You're, you're, <laughs> a woman drives you on a motorcycle and you leap onto the train, whatever. Anyway, you go to the cabin where your buddy is and he's dead. And so you, <laughs> you hide his body by throwing it out the window 
And the thing is, is that people immediately assume you're him because the train just left. You are like him. You're fair-skinned and redheaded. You're about the same size and you sound a lot alike. And most people just didn't get a good look at him. So people just assume you're him. And so you assume his identity and try and figure out who killed him and why. But here's the thing. The murderer's on the train and he knows damn well you're not your buddy because, you know, he killed him. And this train, it's a 72-hour run from Paris to Istanbul. So that's what you got. You got 72 hours to play this game. Now, it's not actually like if you turned on the game and walked away, you'd get there. The game, like a lot of adventure games, has posts, goalposts. Yeah. Time you gates. Know, yeah, time gates. That's the term I'm looking for. But it's really neat because this, like within, like before you hit a time gate, things happen whether you're there or not. So if you want to speak to such and such a character and you say, well, where is Mr. So-and-so? Oh, he's in the dining car. Well, if you fuck around and you waste your time, he's not in the dining car anymore. And the game recognizes that in Europe, there are dozens of languages spoken. Any language, I mean, obviously you speak English, but any language you speak, you get subtitles for. But if you don't speak the language like Arabic, all you hear is some dude screaming behind closed doors in Arabic. And you have no idea what he's speaking unless you as the player happen to speak Arabic. You know, this game was designed <laughs> for an American audience where everyone only ever speaks English. Right. Um, I can't help but think that someone who is multilingual would get something, would get a very different experience out of this game. Mm -hmm. But it's super cool because you can eavesdrop on anything. Like you sit down in one chair in the dining car and you can eavesdrop on one conversation. But that means the conversation at the other end of the car, you can't hear it. And you can't go and listen to it later. They don't sit there and talk until you've had a chance to hear them. No, they eat their dinner and they leave. So everything is time sensitive, which means you can play this game several times and get a very different experience out of it. So, what did you think about it when you played it? I I really enjoyed this game. It's it, I mean it's one of two two adventure games that we're doing here on the podcast, but it had a very different feel. I thoroughly enjoyed the the cinematic nature of the game. Oh, yeah. Just just the beginning the the first I don't know 15 minutes of the game really did a phenomenal job of setting the tone, setting the stakes, uh but also just delivering the player enough information to know what's going on while still letting the player feel like they're an alien and they don't have all the pieces to why yeah. they're there exactly. Yeah. Does a does a very, very, very good job of being compelling and driving you to go forward. Um I thoroughly enjoyed watch just just looking at things. As you mentioned, it's a beautiful game, all rotoscoped and just it, But just it the characters, not not the environment. Yes. The yes. environment is photorealistic. Yes. Which is why you can't wander freely. Mm -hmm. As you walk down the hall, you're simply going from one image to the next. Right. And I was fine with that. But yeah, it's it's got a it's got quite the visual look to it. It's really mm -hmm. something else. You know, yeah. and the characters you encounter, like the you know, it's nineteen you know, it's nineteen uh fourteen, so this is before the Russian Revolution, but aboard you'll find a young Bolshevik revolutionary uh, and you'll find an old Russian nobleman and his young daughter. And then there's mm. the two women from England and all, you know, there's an arms dealer. He's German and all these different. It's super interesting. Did you read the newspapers? I read a couple of them, yeah. uh, but I, I didn't wind up reading them all the way through once I kind of pieced together like, oh, OK, this is this is flavor to color the world. Yeah. This is not what I'm looking for right this moment. Yeah. As the days go by, because you have three days. There, are, there is a morning and evening edition of the London Times, and you can read them. 
just after every stop, someone conveniently leaves a new conveniently leaves a new paper for you. Okay. It has, and, and you, I think you only get like the first two pages, but you're reading the actual page from that date from the London Times um, oh, and really? I think other newspapers as well. And it's just it, like you say, it's just flavor. It's just this is a real world. It is hurtling towards war. Mm -hmm. You know, Franz Ferdinand has long since been assassinated. You know, the the nations of the of Europe are picking sides. There have been shots fired. Things are starting to happen. The war, you know, the and of course you know damn well the war is about to start. Um, it'll start. I think it's 24 hours after the game ends, sort of thing. So you, as the player, have this feeling of urgency that your character doesn't, because you know damn well what's coming. Everything about this game is is very cool, and the music is amazing. You can actually find it on uh, YouTube, and it's all, of course, uh, violins. Yes. Music is part of the mystery of this game, and this thing called the Firebird, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's sort of a Fabergé egg, but it's other stuff as well. And it's we're gonna do Truberbook or Tuberbook, whatever it's called later. And it's a very different type of adventure game. But this is a you know this was a mist type adventure game. It's not the two D. Yes. It, it's not a two D space quest, King's Quest, Police Quest uh, <laughs> type of thing where you, you get the scene and you move your guy like Dagger. This is not Dagger of Amon Ra. Though, right. by the way, those games are only a few years apart. This was an attempt to do something very different and very new. And Jordan succeeded. And then promptly, that was the end of it. And his, you know, smoking car productions went poof. And I think he stopped making games and all that. But it's too bad. Like, I'd almost like to see this game remade. Yeah, I think that, that would be that would be really interesting to be able to almost like a, like an FMV game. Actually, I would like to see it made full 3d be able to yeah. wander where you want talk to these characters like yeah you wouldn't get the cool art style of the rotoscoping mm -hmm. but being able to go anywhere in that train and not be limited to well i get this view of the cabin and this view of the cabin and that's it okay um, you know he was going with the limits of his time there's no way you could have had that train exist in real time in your computer in 1997 there was no computer that could have done that, but these no, days that would be no that would be no big deal now. Yeah. Um, but it's a magnificent game, and I'm glad Jordan went back and put it out again. Mm -hmm. And I think this game is all twenty bucks on Steam or something like that. Like, go buy this game, even if just to just to watch the making of video, which is like twenty minutes long, it's worth it. Yeah, I I am going to be going back and watching the uh, the making of video. I didn't because I didn't want to spoil too much for myself. And for the record, it's it's like eight bucks right now on Steam. Oh wow! Uh, okay, so, yeah. yeah. So go, go just buy just go game, buy yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I didn't get around to watching the making of video, but it is on my to watch list because I didn't want to completely spoil anything for myself in case they had like. And this is how we filmed the scene yeah. where you get the flashback yeah. where the antagonist kills the kills your partner. Like, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's not there. But it's uh, yeah. It, it's just they show you. It's mostly about how they made it. But then they they filmed themselves in Romania in this train yard, okay, with this sleeping car. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, it, it's super super cool. And of course, you know now, well, we're past the hundred. This game now takes place over a hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, First World War has come and gone a hundred years since. We're in nineteen. You know, we're in twenty twenty one. Still 2021, isn't it? It's hard to tell. Yes, yeah. so. yeah, we're still 2021. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. The pandemic has done weird things to time. Oh, God, um, yes. Yes, it has. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, this game is, it's a relic of its time. You can absolutely play it 
on Android or iOS, but please play it on a tablet. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the better option there. Just just for the just for the beauty of it, mm-hmm. and play it with your phones to enjoy the music. And it's like this is one of these artifacts of gaming that holds up. I think it does just fine, and it's it, it is unique. There was never yes. before or after me a game made like this. No, uh, never, never again. It's obviously some of the mechanics in it are dated. It is um, a bit challenging if you're not used to puzzles and having to really use critical thinking skills throughout the the entirety of a game. There's no quick time events. There's not really combat. There's there's no there's combat. The, there's one at the end. There's combat. There's a little bit at the end. Sure, it's, but like, you know, meh. Yeah. Different. You know what? If you don't like puzzles, and I really don't, go find yourself a guide. Yeah. And you'll learn yeah. how to, you know, open this locker or whatever, things like that. Like, don't let those things stop you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, otherwise, get the eight bucks, man. Go get this game. That's about five bucks US. I mean, yeah, go get it. <laughs> Absolutely. What I did with this was I managed to get through the first hour of just kind of plodding along and um, sort of figuring out things on my own to the point where I finally got got to a roadblock. But I am going to go back with a with a guide and, and wind up seeing out the rest of the game just for the story of it. Yeah, um, it, but highly, it's also highly worth. Recommend. Yeah, and and if this game really doesn't do it for you, but the story does, I'm sure someone's made a Last Express the movie YouTube video. I'm sure it's Probably. out there. Probably. Uh, and you know, do that because the performances, like they they hired honest to god actors. Like we often joke about these some of these early '80s uh, or late '80s, early '90s games where it's like, go find Gloria from accounting. She can read all the women's parts, and go find <laughs> Bob when he's finished sweeping the washroom out. Uh, let, let's have him read this guy. Like instead of finding their buddies and their co-workers, they, Jordan Mechner, hired a film crew, hired professional actors, and it shows. It absolutely does. You know, so go get this game for eight bucks, man. Yeah, go jump on it, guys. Yeah, so there it is. There it is. Farron, what's what's your ideal vacation? Hmm, a four-star hotel with late-night room service and a thermostat I can actually modify on my own. Wonderful. How about a one-star hotel in 1960s Germany with no thermostat and a deer head on the wall? Achtung. Well, perfect. Because <laughs> here today we're jumping into Truberbrook. And here my pronunciation skills are going to get put to the test. This game was developed by Bildungsundfabrik and Head Up Games, and it was published by Head Up Games <laughs> and Whisper Games. Sorry, um, carry on. Bildungsundfabrik is frequently shortened to BTF if you're, yeah. if you're curious about that. Uh, this uh, is available on the PlayStation 4, the Switch, Android, Windows, Xbox One, Linux, and Mac. This game came out on March 12, 2019, and you play a, a scientist named Hans, named Hans Townhauser, visiting Trubebrook, Germany, in the in the sixties, in sort of this parallel universe where you are, well, you're simply exploring this latent mystery of this town and the ancient history that's here. And my God, this game 
is beautiful. I love this the the art style of this game so much. It's like this weird step up from hand drawn and crossed with claymation, and it's just absolutely delightful to look at. So I'm pretty sure that this is the first time that you've ever played this, Farron. So why don't you tell me about your experience with it? I'd never even heard of this game before you recommended it. I looked on the the list of games we're doing. Like, what the hell is this? I had to look it up. So yeah, this is a much more traditional adventure after mm-hmm. having talked about Last Express. You know, you get the image in front of you, you move your dude around, you you click on everything and you can either handle it or look at it or maybe you combine it with some item. I hated the way it looked. Hated, hated, really? hated. I could stand oh, no. the art style, but I got past it because it was interesting. And it's funny because at first I thought like, gee, can you tell this was made in Germany with German voice actors? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, right, it takes place in Germany. Okay. But at first I didn't realize that. I thought, Jesus, they couldn't find like local actors. But yeah, it's... um. You know, there's that sort of that opening bit in the gas station. Mm-hmm. And clearly it's a tutorial. Yes. Uh, and I had like flashbacks to high school playing you know, like Space Quest <laughs> 4 and these sorts of games. And, you know, it was a little bit like uh, Dagger of Amon Ra, you know, use the key to open this to do that and then use the the thingy widget to open the diddly-doo. And, and, and you know, it, it's that sort of traditional adventure that the modern era of gaming has allowed to come back. While I can't say that I was totally rocked by this game, I enjoyed my time with it. It was interesting enough that I think I might go back at some point, but I'm more interested because you clearly have gone much further into it than I. I I have. I've gotten a, a good distance into this game, and it's, it's it kind of takes a left turn after Act 1, Act one is is very much you're exploring this small town of Trooperbrook, and there's a very small mystery that needs to needs to be explored and unraveled. And you encounter your your female counterpart, who is is also in on this with you. And you know the the tutorial section that you mentioned at the very beginning of this game, I I'm I'm unashamed to admit, like took me far longer than it should have for a tutorial section because it is very much I use the key to open the can to get the tuna to feed the cat to convince the cat to run up the tree and scare the bird out so that yeah. it wakes up the guard. Very much that kind of logic for a lot of these things. That's and, not actually what happens, that's just yeah. Well no, no, no. <laughs> but that is sort of that same, you know, LucasArts that that same style of adventure game fortunately there's no like uh you know click or die thing like if you walk five steps to the left at the beginning of this game you don't fall into a pit of crocodiles like you do at king's quest one um but it's i i really enjoyed the art style uh it was different it was unique and the story itself is weird the characters are weird. Everything is just off and strange. It's sort of this alternate night, alternate reality, I believe. They they specifically state that it's a parallel universe in the Steam review, I believe. It's just, but there's it's just nothing so wrong with fascinating. Being, there's nothing wrong with being different. No. Um, you know, the I think the one of the problems we run into with games is that they start to look alike. Yeah. You know, a game we're going to talk about in a few minutes here, Spec Ops The Line, it looks like every other meathead shooter game that came out in its era. You're right. You know, it looks like Ghost Recon Wildlands, which looks like the one before it, and looks like the one after it, and looks like Call of Duty. They all look alike. And this game, you know, that's the what I love about this era of games. I think it's why we found such a weird collection of stuff to talk about in this podcast, is that 
the modern era of games means there's a market for everything. That's why there's a market for Domina. Yeah. And that's why there's a market for Little Big Workshop. And that's why there's a market for this. Because someone wants this. And so a developer can say, you know what? I don't want to do, I don't want the AAA game that's going to make trillions. I want this game because it's my vision. And I like that Trooper book is someone's vision or, or a group of someone's. Yeah. And it's, it's like BTF. They're not a huge studio. They're like, they put out a good number of games, but it's always these indie titles that sell for like, you know, 10, $15 maybe like in Trooper books case. I think that it goes for like, uh, yeah, it's 30 bucks regularly, but it's sort of their, their biggest title that, yeah. that wound up getting the most attention. And it's, honestly it's just this fantastic endearing story and it's not something that you are constantly like going a mile a minute in it's something to just sort of soak up and really enjoy like the the backgrounds the backgrounds of each scene in this game are really what get me uh they do such a great job of painting the landscapes uh and really giving you this feeling of oh yeah like i could see this being a genuine little mountain town in the middle of nowhere in germany yeah. Um, everything from like the the characters themselves to the landscapes to the buildings to the ugh, just just so many so many yeah. wonderful things that all pair together, and then it starts that it takes its hard left hand turn. Oh, it's just so good! I thoroughly <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed this game, and while I'm not completely done it, I am absolutely going to be going and finishing this game without See, that's question. The that's the greatest part of an adventure game is that mm -hmm. it's you do take your time you do soak up the atmosphere they want you to soak up the atmosphere mm -hmm. it's not hurry and run through and dodge bullets it's no stop enjoy look around talk to this guy talk to that guy talk to him again you know do what you need to do then move on and do it all over again in a new environment that's the glory of adventure games i'm glad they came back um, yeah and i was very pleased to see this game like this is an old school Sierra adventure. That Very is much. so cool. Yeah. You know, and, and it's hard not to appreciate that. They just said, now nah, let's do it the way they used to do it in the 90s. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. That's very 100%. cool. 100%. It, it yeah. is. And I thought that this was something interesting and exciting. And I figured, like, worst case scenario, you may not jive with it, but it'd be something cool to bring to the podcast and yeah. kind of showcase awesome. and, and show off for the people who would enjoy this this throwback to an yes. older style of game. Yeah, well, it's a, you compare you pair that with Last Express, and it's just like two different versions of an adventure game. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's an important genre. And I'm, I'm glad you brought this one up. Yeah, so am I. So you think you're going to get back around to this one? Yes. Oh yeah! Absolutely. At some point, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some Christmas break somewhere, and I'm gonna go. You know what? I want an adventure game, and I want something unexpected, and I'm gonna and it'll be this. Perfect. So. I'll be. I'm right there with you. I'm absolutely getting back to this one and wrapping this whole thing up. Very cool. All right, Pat. There it is. There it is.